Hello and welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast. This podcast is by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are or are working toward building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. episode is sponsored by my very own DIY PR course, Make Your Brand Magnetic. It walks you through everything you need to know and do to get your brand featured in the media and therefore to get in front of that wider audience in a way that will draw them into your brand and make them want to seek you out to see what you have to offer. If you feel like you're sick of chasing down clients or customers and want for them to instead read about or hear about or see you and choose to come to you when they're ready to take part in what you have to offer, this course is for you. I created this for all the people who come to me for tips and advice, but don't feel like they have the money to hire me or anyone else for ongoing PR support yet. If you've heard any episodes of this podcast, you've heard me talking about how any of you business owners can do your own PR. It's just a matter of if you have the time to do it. People either have more time and less money or feel like they have the money to outsource. If you are not yet to outsourcing stage of your business, but you can find the time here or there to do a little extra things yourself, then this is for you. You'll find out on my website, polinapr.com, which is P-O-L-L-I-N-A-P-R.com. And it's also at the link on my Instagram if you spend more time over there. And that is also at polinapr, P-O-L-L-I-N-A-P-R. Now on to the show. So happy to have Ashley Mason on the show with me. She is a marketing consultant at Dash of Social, and she provides social media management, marketing consulting, email marketing, blogging, content curation, virtual assistant, and search engine optimization services through her business. I know she started this business young and has become successful fairly quickly, I'm pretty sure. I've never talked to or met Ashley in person before, but we've been part of the same circles for a long time. So I'm really excited to talk to her today and let, get you all to get to know her too. So Ashley, thanks for being on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited for people to hear about your business journey today. So I just want to start by having you explain kind of like how and why you got started. Um, yeah, just how exactly you began Dash of Social from the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in 2012, I believe, I actually had started a fashion and lifestyle blog when I was 15. And so this fashion and lifestyle blog was called Lillian Lemons, and I just kind of became obsessed with it. And so I honestly devoted a ton of time to it each week, um, probably at least 10 to 15 hours just writing content for the blog, um, creating social media posts to promote my blog, connecting with other bloggers, uh, working with other companies, and things like that. So I actually grew my own blog organically through social media. And so as my blog started to grow, I got the opportunity to work with a lot of companies to do sponsored content. So in terms of um, they would send me their products for me to review or they'd I'd attend press events. 
um, or they'd simply just compensate me just to write about what their company is and things like that. And so one thing that I realized um, during this time period was that a lot of these companies were really only focusing on influencer marketing and kind of neglecting social media. So they thought that the best way to go was just to really connect with influencers that they believed were a part of their target market and that could best serve them and just kind of using them to promote. But they were neglecting their own social media channels. And so through my own um, experience of growing my blog through social media, I really realized the power of social media. And prior to that point, I'd only use social media personally. Um, so once I started using it for my blog, it kind of turned into more of a business side. And so I was like, oh, I guess I kind of know a thing or two about social media. Maybe I'll help these companies out. So with the companies that I already had relationships with, I did some pro bono work just to kind of, one, get experience under my belt because I was totally new to the whole thing. But two, I just wanted to provide results for them. Um, so I helped them create marketing strategies and manage social media and things like that. And once I really kind of felt like I was getting my feet wet and felt more comfortable with it, I started freelancing. And then um, two years, that, yes, I was 17 actually when I started freelancing. And then two years after that, um, I started my business at the age of 19. So the blog, you start, like you were in high school during this blogging period? Yes. Yeah. So I started my blog when I was 15. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I knew you were young and you started your business young, but I didn't, I never knew you had this whole, that whole blogging past <laughs> that you were yeah. like the influencer at the beginning and that you were so young at that time. That's really interesting. Yeah. So it was like really, um, kind of nice because I feel like at that time, that's when, um, I guess blogging was really big. I mean, of course it's has blown up now, but I feel like in 2012 was really when I decided to kind of take notice of bloggers and find their blogs and then kind of get influenced to start my own blog. And then I'll just kind of started and went on from there. Yeah. I think that was probably like, I mean, there was obviously social media at that time, but there was definitely a time period where blogging and bloggers were like, the influencers kind of, and then it started to shift more to like, you only really needed a great Instagram account. And now some of the, some of the influencers don't even have a blog anymore. They don't even really blog. They mostly just use Instagram. But I think I remember like that time period where it was like mostly bloggers. Like you had to have the blog to be the, the influencer. Whereas now I feel like you don't even necessarily need to keep up a blog. Yes, absolutely. That's really, in, it sounds like it started really organically and kind of cool just like how it morphed into what it became so what do you do so what does your business look like now so when I first started um it was kind of very basic um, marketing where I just kind of really only wrote social media posts for my clients and kind of engaged with their followers and that was really it um but now I've kind of really expanded upon it of course from having further experience and working in all these different types of industries. So um, what I really focus on myself is the social media management and consulting aspects. So it's management specifically because that tends to be the most popular choice. I do everything from building a strategy for my clients to writing content um, at least a week in advance before it actually gets posted. So that way they're able to, because I share it with them, so that way they're able to kind of take a look at it, um, make sure it all looks good, things like that. Um, I do a lot of community management, so taking care of responding to comments and messages and also interacting with people to hopefully um, grow your follower base, which is something that a lot of people really hate doing is getting sucked into social media. <laughs> and then um, providing analytics um, every every quarter just to kind of show how accounts have grown and 
basically point out trends and give steps you could take moving forward. Um, but I think it's something really just kind of empowering of knowing that any type of marketing field that you're in, you play such a big role in helping people grow their business and you're really kind of, um, you really get, get to know the brand because in, of course, in order to market them efficiently, you have to know them. And so I feel like I, I'm really lucky to be at that point where like I'm, I almost have like close relationships with my clients because I just kind of have to know not only their business inside and out, but also them because they're usually solo entrepreneurs. Yeah. And people, I mean, especially with solo entrepreneurs, like your social media is so personal. Like I imagine some people, even when they know they need help or they, you know, even when they think they want help, it's like kind of hard, almost hard to let someone else take over that stuff because they have probably always done it themselves before and see it as like a really personal part of their business. Yes. It's actually funny that you say that because the reason why I started offering social media consulting um, probably two years ago was because I had a client just like that. Um, she's an acupuncturist that specializes in helping um, infertile women. And so it's a really personal, intimate subject. And so one thing that we kind of realized was that although I was managing her Facebook page for her, we both were kind of like, I think it actually makes more sense for you all of this content to be coming from you because it's such a personal topic and something that unfortunately a lot of women struggle with. And so that kind of got my wheel spinning was like, well, I know that this entrepreneur isn't the only one who's kind of in that same space where um, perhaps her business model or niche is something that's really personal and she really want, needs and wants to be the one kind of uh, planning that content and posting herself, but just needs someone to guide her through the process, so to say. Yeah, totally. I could see people really responding well to that and wanting that service. So yeah. wait, I want to back up for a, a minute. Um, I'm still, I mean, I can't quite get over that you started when you were 19, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I thought I started my business young. I started like the year after college. So I don't even know. I mean, I was at least in the early twenties. Um, but I thought that was young. But um, so where did you, you said you reached out to clients from like people, you, businesses you'd worked with um, before, like as the influencer, but where else did you like start getting your clients from? And was there anything like, I mean, I'm thinking about like, just, I just can't even wrap my mind around it. Like, <laughs> how did you really like feel like you could be doing this? Like, was there anything there in terms of like, Oh, let me like just start a business. Like it sounds like it happened organically. So it was kind of like, as I, as we already kind of said, like, you know, you started working with people that you'd already had relationships with, but I don't know. Is there anything else like about that? Like about starting when you were so young, how did you, did you know this was like the thing you were going to do? Like you always wanted to have a business. Um, and like what, what kind of struggles were there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so ever since I was like really young, I've always known I've wanted to own a business. Um, me and my sisters used to play this game that we called stores and like we'd all pretend that we owned our own businesses and we'd shop at each other's stores and things like that. And so I just loved playing that game because I love the idea of having my own business. And so in the back of my mind, I knew it was something that I would always end up doing one day. Um, but I definitely didn't think it would come as soon as it did. And it just kind of, I guess, naturally happened. Like you said, it's that I just kind of fell into the freelancing role. And I guess my whole plan was like, well, I guess I'll just kind of freelance and get a few clients and get a full-time job after I graduate from college. But it's gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I can just go straight into it, which is really gratifying because I don't think I'd ever really want to work for someone else. But in terms of like finding clients, kind of like what you said, it was 
where I started uh, working with the companies that I already knew. Um, I actually did a little bit of like cold outreach to um, companies that I thought would have been a good fit. And some of that worked out well. Um, I got some referrals from those clients. And then I would say probably in the very beginning of the fall of 2016 was when I discovered Facebook groups. And I feel like that year, 2016 was kind of like the start of like the big jump in Facebook groups. And so they were a thing, but I feel like they really became a thing these past couple of years. And so um, I was really active in a few different groups that I had found through blogging. And then I just kind of expanded from there. And so just kind of found other communities online to connect with people. And then I just kind of, grew from there. Yeah. There's a lot you can do with finding, finding people online (laughs) and which has been really interesting in the last couple of years. I agree. Um, and you've grown a lot in the last like year or so, right? Like, is that anything you want to share? Like, I think I saw just because I follow you personally that you've hired some more help and stuff recently. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Let's see, I started my business in September 2016, and then I would say, I think a little less than a year after that, I had hired my first subcontractor who is still with me to this day. Um, Her name is Rachel, so she does SEO for our clients, and so we've been working together the past year and a half, and then um, I think a year after I started my business, I was able to kind of quit my part-time job and really focus solely on the business. And then um, from there, it's like I just kind of kept growing. And so one thing that I kind of kept pushing to the back of my mind and my business coach was this is something that we were really working on is that I needed to kind of hire help before I got way too busy. But I think something that a lot of business owners face, which is what I struggled with a lot, was I was like, what if I hire this person and pay them, but then don't have the money to pay them? And uh, one thing that actually my friend Liz has really helped me realize is that in order to make money, you have to spend money. And so by hiring people and delegating tasks, it opens your plate up to really focus on other things. And so um, last month, I had hired um, a VA to work with me for my business. And she's just been amazing and really kind of letting me cast off these totally awful tasks that I hate doing that are just like stupid, tedious tasks um, that she absolutely doesn't mind doing. And then I actually, this month I started uh, working with a Pinterest strategist that I brought on uh, to the team because one thing that I never offered was Pinterest, but it was something a lot of people like wanted. And so I was like, well, I'm, I kind of keep turning people down who want this service that I don't offer it. Um, So it just made more sense for me to bring it in house rather than kind of uh, pass off to someone else. And so, yeah, we now we're a team of four and it's really kind of exciting to be able to offer multiple marketing services because of course, when I first started out, it was just social media. But I think, um, what my, well, what my ultimate goal is, is to really kind of become, become like a full service form firm where I offer pretty much a lot of different services under the marketing umbrella. So that way my clients don't have to utilize multiple different people. They can just get everything they need in one spot. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Sounds like you're well on your way. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a challenge as I think everyone can relate to, but, um, I always say that every struggle that you face is a learning opportunity. So just kind of having that mindset has been really helpful. Yeah, totally. Totally. So what, um, I'm, 
I've never had a VA. I'm always curious when people say that, especially when you're just getting started with someone like, what is one or two of those tasks that you have, that you have her do that you're like loving getting off your plate right now? Because I'm always like, oh, I should probably have a VA by now, a virtual assistant in case anybody's not positive what that means. Um, I'm always like, oh, I wish I had an assistant, but then I'm, you know, I think about it and I'm like, I have no idea what I would have them do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know there are so many things that I could have help with. Um, but I'm always curious to see like how other people are utilizing someone like that. Yeah, definitely. So one task that I really just came to dread because it was just so tedious was actually posting on Instagram for my clients. So as I mentioned earlier, like I have all of their content written, planned, etc. at least a week in advance before it gets posted. But one thing that I just kind of dreaded doing was actually physically posting for them every day because um, I couldn't really resort to any schedulers that automatically post for you because um, in case I need to like tag usernames or locations and I prefer to have hashtags in the first comment. So I was like, just to make sense for me to be using a scheduler that automatically posts. Um, so I was doing things manually and I realized that it was something that just kept tying me to my phone. And I know that sounds really contradicting because with my job, I kind of am tied to my phone. But I was like, I, I just want to be able to kind of step away. Because even though with social media, of course, I'm on my phone a lot. Um, one of the best things about my job is that I can actually get so much done in advance. Like I can get right as much content in advance for my clients as I want, schedule it, and then it's good to go. Um, so passing that task off to her of just kind of her taking the posts I've already written and her kind of just following through on the posting of it has been amazing. Um, because I don't have to actually go through with that. And I actually realized before I passed this off to her that I was spending 10 hours a month just simply posting content that was already written for my clients. And I was like, imagine how many, like how much I could do with 10 extra hours a month. Yeah. Um, so that was like a really big thing. And then the second thing that she does, um, sometimes necessarily something that, um, I hate doing it's just something that I don't have time to do. And that's engaging for my clients. So of course, everyone knows on social media that in order to grow, you really need to be organically engaging with other users that are within your target market. And so that's something that she's taken over for a few of my clients so far right now. Um, and just kind of passing that off has been a huge help for me because it's something that's so important that needs to get done but I just simply didn't have the time. No, but that sounds great. I mean, that sounds really helpful and it's definitely great to have somebody who you can rely on to help with things like that, especially when it's kind of like you've already done all the work, but there's like this other step that has to go into it. Exactly. And that's one thing that I just kind of realized too, is like, um, I really want to get more active about using my electronics less, even though that sounds like it's kind of difficult. But one realization that I had is that I really just want to go on a vacation. And so I'm like, I don't, I want to be able to truly enjoy the vacation and unplug and not have to worry about posting for my clients or engaging for them. And I'm like, if I have this person who happily does it for me, like that gives me so much freedom. And I think just having, uh, I think for me, just simply thinking about the freedom was worth way more than the amount of money that I'd be spending to have someone else do this. And so I think that's just something really big that I've been focusing on is realizing that time is worth a lot more than money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I'm in a similar place. I just went on vacation last week and um, I, again, I don't have a VA, but I do have um someone who helps me in my business. She's more like an account executive. Like she does a lot of the same stuff I do with my clients, but um, it's the first time that I've had someone like that. 
well, like it was the first time I've gone away. I mean, since I've had her helping me, she's the first one I've ever had like that. Um, but it was amazing. Like I knew everything was still getting done as if I was here, but I didn't have to worry about any of it. It was like amazing <laughs> years of having a business and never a full, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still brought my computer. It's still on there. Every day. <laughs> I to do like the day-to-day things of like taking care of stuff like that, which is so amazing. And I'm thinking right. the same thing for this summer when my son's not going to be in school. And I was looking into all these summer camps for like the whole summer. And then I was like, for the amount of money that I'm going to spend putting him in a summer camp every single week, I could just have somebody be helping me in my business a little bit more and end my days early and only have him do the half days, which, you know, is like half as much. And I would get to have so much more time with him. And like, that's why I wanted to have a business, you know, was so I could spend the time, spend time with my family and like be there when I had young kids and things like that. And it's so interesting. My, my first thought that I've been like thinking about for months is like, you know, how will I find camps to fill up his entire summer? And then (laughs) wait a minute, I'll spend less by just paying someone else to do more of my work. So it's, it's a huge like mindset shift though, to be thinking about, yeah, paying someone basically. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. That's, um, it's funny that you mentioned summer because that was like a huge thing that really contributed to me wanting to hire someone is because of course, you know, since we live in Massachusetts, um, the winters are just awful with the amount of snow and cold weather. Like there's really nothing to do. So one thing that I've done is really just kind of switch my business model so that I honestly work a lot more in the winter, just kind of what, as I mentioned earlier, just writing a bunch of content in advance and just doing a, just kind of stocking up on a bunch of tasks that I can do in advance. So that way when summer rolls around, it's totally okay for me to just like take the day off and go to the beach or lay out by my pool and just kind of relax. And so, um, that's, and that was another reason for me too, for hiring that person as same as you was so that when the summer comes around, I'm like, if I want to just do nothing and enjoy the beautiful weather or go on spontaneous plans with my friends, it's absolutely okay because my business is still going to be functional functioning properly. Right. I think that we get so like kind of into a mindset of feeling like we have to do everything ourselves and feeling that we have to be working as much as we can when we're in like the growth stage of our business, that it's hard to like, we have to remind ourselves like, Oh wait, I might not be there anymore. Like I might be at a point where I'm not the person who has to be slaving away all day, all summer long. Like there are other options and that's why I started the business. Absolutely. We'll have to, we'll have to keep reminding each other of that. I think <laughs> through the summer. Because, like, I still change my mind every couple days on it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> it's like you spend so much, you just put so much into the business. It's obviously like your baby, but um, it's exciting to have growth and to see, to see the changes that you're going to be able to make and the way that your business can change and grow over time. So I think that's always a fun thing to see for other people and to experience yourself too, but I'm going to keep an eye on yours now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really exciting, especially because uh, one of my reasons for wanting to kind of become more full service is not only because of the fact that, like, I can kind of work with my clients of having them work with multiple different people, but also the fact that, as I kind of say to a lot of my clients, is that social media is only 
one piece of the marketing pie. And so in order to get the best results for your business, you really need to be utilizing multiple pieces of that pie. So not only just social media, but also having a great website, blogging, doing email marketing, PR, as you know, um, paid ads, things like that. And so that's one thing that I kind of have really developed is that in order to provide the best and most uh, possible results for my clients, I wanted to be able to offer all these services that they can all work together because although social media does give results that are, uh, that are great, um, it can do so, it can do so much more for your business when you're just utilizing so many different outlets and avenues. Yes. I, I say the same exact thing. <laughs> I have people who come to me and they're like, we just want PR. Like we just want to be in the media. And I'm like, okay, but like, what's going to happen when somebody sees you there? <laughs> like they're going to go to your website and it's terrible, or they're going to look you up on social media and you have no presence or it's like, you know, not good. Like that's not going to get you the results that you're thinking it's going to. I mean, if it's purely ego and they just want to say they were in like a piece <laughs> sometimes and that's totally fine. But most of the time they do, they want it to be like part of a marketing strategy, but they don't necessarily make that connection with like that. It needs to be part of a marketing strategy. Well, exactly. And it's the same with social media too, where I spoke with a lot of business owners who were like, eh, I don't have a website yet. Cause I just want to focus on Instagram. And I was like, and I'm, it always makes me cringe because I'm like, Think about if you were to build your entire business on Instagram and then A, the platform shuts down, B, your account gets shut down, um, C, someone hacks your account. Like there's so many possible situations that can happen where your Instagram or any other social media platform can be taken away from you in the blink of an eye. And so it makes me so worried when I see people not utilizing other marketing outlets, only just a website, but other places as well because you have no other places to drive your audiences to. And so I'm like, you really need to be um, not only not putting all of your eggs in one basket because you want to, with social media, you want to be driving someone to a place like similar with PR. You want to be driving someone to a website so that way they get to your website and learn more about you that way. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really important to kind of keep that in mind when you're planning your marketing strategy. Yeah, totally. So what is like, you've already kind of given a lot of really good, like, insight and information specifically about social media, but are there anything like certain, I don't know, a certain tip or certain kind of like getting started things that you run into a lot with clients that you think people would find really useful? Like, cause obviously it's mostly other business owners and entrepreneurs listening here. So is there anything that you have that's like kind of a social media tidbit that you'd want to share that would be helpful for people? Yeah, definitely. Um, so one thing that I would say is to really focus on consistency over frequency. I think a lot of people really tend to think that they need to be on four different platforms at once, posting three times per day on each platform and all this stuff. And I always say that's the quickest way to set yourself up for failure because you're going to quickly burn out once you realize how time consuming it is to really try to maintain a solid presence on all those different platforms. So I always say, don't think about how many platforms you can be on and how many times per day you can post on those platforms. Focus on one or two platforms, probably two, preferably, um, when you're starting out, but just be consistent. So whether that consistency is twice per week, three times per week, um, once per week even, just really focus on getting comfortable with your building your online marketing presence 
um, and getting into that routine because you'll find that once you get into the groove of things, you'll be able to set yourself up for success because it'll be so much easier to kind of make that gradual increase in building up how many times you're posting and how many different platforms you're on. Um, but I think just going into everything full-fledged and just thinking you can do it all at once um, can be really overwhelming. Yes. I love, I mean, you have to start somewhere. I think people definitely get overwhelmed by thinking they have to do all these things and then don't want to even start any of them. Whereas, yeah, if you start kind of slow and get used to it and you're going to be like, Oh, this is, you know, manageable. I can do this. And then you can add more. I also love what you just said about frequency. Like I feel like people think consistency means frequency. Like you, what you said that it's more important to be consistent than to be posting frequently. I feel like a lot of times people, when people see like, you know, be consistent with your social media, they think that means post every day or post three times a day even. And I like what you said, like consistency doesn't have to mean it's happening all the time. It means like whenever you are doing it, like just do that, stick with it, make sure it's coming out the way you want it. Even if it's only once a week, do that and then figure out where to go from there. Consistency doesn't mean it has to be like actually consistently coming out every minute of the day. Yes, you're exactly right. And um, just as long as every time you're providing value and really showing up fully for your audience, then it's really not an issue um, because always quality over quantity. So as long as you're doing even like, like you said, one post per week, as long as it provides a ton of value and it has pieces of advice that your audience can take and directly apply to their situation, that's plenty. And I think that one thing also a lot of businesses and business owners tend to forget is that their target market does not exist on every single platform that exists. Mm -hmm. And so when they dive into being on every single platform out there, a lot of people have the mindset of, well, the more platforms I'm on, the more people I can reach. And I'm like, well, if your people aren't on there, then you're wasting a bunch of time, money, effort on trying to build a presence on that platform. And you could be utilizing that time to focus on a platform where your target market does exist or even use that time for any other aspect of your business. Yes. I think that's really important. And I see that all the time too. So I think that makes, that makes so much sense. That actually just made me think of something too, that I feel like people ask a lot, um, which I wonder if you have like any thoughts or insight on in terms of like people who are like, um, I'll just post the same thing like across all the same platforms and just do the same thing. Like, do you think that, I mean, I think it probably depends on the like business or the brand, but do you have any kind of like rule about that? Like, do you think if you, you can just post the same thing on Instagram as Facebook or do you have certain kind of differentiators of like how you would change content or change your strategy for the different platforms? Yeah, definitely. So, um, Definitely content can be repurposed across any marketing outlet. Um, so in terms of like kind of utilizing the content across different social media platforms, I think it's okay to do, but like you said, it does kind of depend on the industry. Um, your target market is pretty similar across each social media platform, but it does vary. So that's one thing to keep in mind, especially with um, the age demographics and things like that. You may have older people that like your page on Facebook, but younger people that follow you on Instagram. So just right. kind of keeping in mind those demographics and creating content that caters to those demographics. But in terms of that, you can still write about the same topics. I think just kind of tweaking the messaging, um, especially with Facebook. Well, comparing Facebook and Instagram, I do a lot more links on Facebook just because of course with Instagram, 
it's nearly impossible, but with Facebook, so I'll promote a lot more of like blog posts and um, podcast episodes that I'm on and things like that, just because it's much more user friendly, I guess, to access those. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you wanted to share content from Instagram to Facebook, one thing that I always say that you definitely should not do is set up the automatic posting, specifically if you're using hashtags in your caption or tagging people because hashtags really aren't meant for Facebook. And so using those there, it's just kind of useless and looks a little messy. And then also when you tag someone in a post on Instagram, it doesn't translate over on Facebook. So you're just kind of left with like a broken at link. And so just kind of keeping in mind to clean it up or even just keep things separate and just manually post on each platform. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I have, well, now I've come up with like some more nitty gritty questions, social media wise. Yeah. <laughs> obviously I have two things actually that just came up. So you obviously work with a bunch of clients, like how I, this is a problem I've had cause I do have some clients that I do, um, handle Instagram for as part of the marketing that I do for them. And I've also heard a lot of other people say this, but it's, you know, you can only have a certain amount of accounts on your phone. Like how do you manage? I've always wondered like for people who have, you know, social media as their main offering of their business and have to have more clients than what I manage on mine. Um, like how do you get around the fact that you can only have a certain amount on your phone or how, do you use something else for actually posting or managing? Yes. So I have the accounts on my phone filled up. Um, I had an iPad from like a few years ago, so I filled that up, but then I had to buy two more iPads. So so I have like literally, what is this? Like four Apple devices that I use to post for my clients. And so that really is, I was like, (laughs) yeah, well, there's actually a lot of bigger agencies. I'm not exactly sure what the name of the schedulers are, but the, but for the big agencies that can actually afford dropping a couple girls, per month on a platform there are platforms where you can set it up so that you can have like a ton of Instagram accounts that post directly for you and so we're part of like a few social media managers groups and they utilize these schedulers that they they're just totally hands-off so these um, social media managers just schedule their clients content and that's it they don't even use their phones at all and so um, that part of me is really hesitant to do that because of what I mentioned earlier with the whole organic engagement thing. I'm like, yeah, I imagine that would be hard. Like, yeah. How would you engage? Yes. And most schedulers actually don't even let that happen because of Instagram's API. So you can't even have like your feed in there to go through. So mm-hmm. that's like one thing that's really held me off is that like, even though the idea of having content automatically scheduled and posted for you is very, very enticing, I still need that actual um, device to be able to engage with them. So yeah, it's kind of funny. It, my boyfriend made a joke one time when I went over his house. He's like, geez, you come over and like unload the Apple store at my house because I have like, <laughs> yeah, I just have like my laptop and phone and all my iPads. And I'm like, yeah, that's the life of a marketing person. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's, you have to, especially if you're manually scheduling everything, you have to like bring those around with you. Talk about making a vacation tough. I see what you mean now. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was actually funny because, um, when I realized, like, I, I think it was a few months ago when I had to buy my third iPad. And so it was funny, like I just signed on a client and I was like, Oh my God, I don't have any space on any devices for this client. So like, I was like, thank God for Amazon prime, like got this iPad in two days and all was good in the world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's great. 
I mean, wow. I wonder when Instagram is going to allow you to just have more on one account. I mean, on one, uh, on one device, but that's interesting. Um, my other, the other question I was just going to say, you obviously manage, or you're obviously coming up with a ton of content all the time. Like every week, I imagine you're coming up with so much content and for all different types of businesses and brands, which actually brings up two questions. The first is, do you have like a certain niche or do you find it easy to kind of work or easier to work with brands that are kind of like similar in some ways, or do you like to keep it varied and like, just feel like you're getting to kind of deal with all kinds of different topics and, and things like that. And then also depending if that, if that matters or not for the type of brand, like, is there any kind of tips that you have for how you actually go about creating content or like how somebody who's listening, like, who's like, I just sit down, you know, at the beginning of the week and I have no idea what to write down. Like when I'm trying to come up with my content ideas, like, do you have any kind of systems for that where you're like, here's what you can, you know, kind of do to get like ideas going for the whole week or something like that? Yeah, definitely. So to answer your first question in terms of uh, the types of clients that I work with, um, this is probably really vague, but I, I really like working with creatives. Um, so one of my clients is a branding agency, and I think it's really awesome to work with her because um, the the work that she does with her clients is so visual. And so just being able to utilize that. Um, but my absolute favorite industry is the wedding industry just because it's so creative. Um, I love all the stories about love. All of the photos are gorgeous, and I think it's just really easy to create content around that just because, I don't know, there's just something, like, so amazing and, I guess, gratifying about that industry, and so there's just so much you can do with it. So I've worked with wedding planners. Um, one of my long-term clients is an on-site hairstylist as a makeup artist. I've worked with a lot of photographers. There's just so much you can do with that industry because they're all such creative people, so any idea that you have, they're like, yes, go for it which I think is one of the best things to have in a client. One of the best qualities is just being open to anything. Um, so I love that industry. But in terms of like actually brainstorming content, um, that was actually one struggle that I had was that I realized I was sitting down every week because I, I dedicate pretty much one day per week to writing content for all my clients. And I realized I was sitting down each each day that week and I was spending so much time just trying to think of what to write because I was like, oh, I don't know. Like when you're put on the spot for something, you just don't know. And so I realized I was spending so much time just trying to think about it for them. And then I had to go and spend even more hours actually writing it. So it just became really draining. And so one process that I actually started doing probably a few months ago was I have kind of like a brainstorming day where it now takes me literally probably 30 to 45 minutes tops to brainstorm content for all of my clients for one week. And so what I'll do is I'll have what I call idea buckets. And as an idea comes to me for a post, I just drop it right in that bucket. And so I kind of actually have an ongoing list of ideas for all of my clients. Now when it comes time to writing content, which is ironically Tuesdays, um, I have this, all these ideas already in there for me and I can just pull from there and create it into a post. And so it saved me so much time because I didn't realize how much time I was actually spending just trying to think of what to write. Never mind having to actually write it all afterwards. Yeah, that's a great idea. So do you recommend like if people are doing their own content, like to do something similar, like that would work obviously if it's your, your own stuff too, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, having some type of brainstorm session one time per week where you can just kind of brain dump all of your thoughts or even just kind of keeping 
um, perhaps like a notebook or even using the notes phone notes app on your phone where you can just drop ideas as they come to you. Cause that's one thing that happens to me is that I'll literally be doing something so random and I'm like, Oh, this is a great post idea for so-and-so. And so just kind of like adding those ideas to the list as they come up so that way I don't forget them has been really helpful. So it's not like you have to totally um, constrain yourself to only coming up with ideas during that session. You can definitely be adding ideas as they come to you because, of course, as we all know, there's inspiration all around us. And so it's so easy to kind of get great ideas once you're just out and definitely want to utilize them. Yeah, that's a great idea. So you said Tuesdays is your generally your content writing day. What else can you tell us a little more about like how you structure your days and your, or your weeks in order to be really efficient with your business? Yeah, definitely. So this is one thing that's actually um, been a little bit difficult for me because since I'm in college, my classes have changed semester over semester. And so the things I've been dedicated, the tasks I've been dedicating to each day for have changed as time goes on. Um, but for this semester, I'm really lucky to only have classes on Mondays and Wednesdays. So Mondays and Wednesdays, I actually don't do any client work really besides just emails and stuff like that. But Tuesdays, I spend writing content for my clients. Thursdays, um, that's usually just kind of like, I guess, odds and ends type stuff. So I have um, like my consulting clients. I check in with my team members and see what they're working on. Um, I also have like a few different clients that, that fall under marketing, but they're not necessarily consulting or social media management. It's like a kind of like a mixture of services and stuff. So I work on their stuff on Thursdays and then Fridays is kind of more of like an admin day where I take the time to work on my own stuff. So write emails to send to my list or write blog posts, social media posts. Um, I also track the analytics for my clients every Friday. So that way um, I can create comprehensive reports to send over quarterly um, and then just kind of really just wrap up the week. So basically planning up my to-do list for the next week and things like that. You're still in college right now. Yeah, I have one semester left. <laughs> Sorry, I got stuck way back on that part. <laughs> Realize that. So you're running this whole business basically in three days a week while you're still in school. Pretty much, yeah. I do some work on the weekends, and I and I will work at night just to kind of like get ahead on things. But yeah, still in school. What are you studying? <laughs> Marketing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe I did not realize. That. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have two months left, so I'm wow. almost there. That's that's what's keeping me going. But yeah, that was like something that I think I found has really, I think honestly helped me the most as an entrepreneur is time management. Like I would, I always say, thank God I have good time management because with the crazy schedules that I've had, I don't know how I'd be able to get everything done. Um, but yeah, my days actually start really early and usually end pretty late, just trying to, um, fit in client work, schoolwork, and then of course trying to have a social life and things like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like homework and everything like schoolwork. I can't even imagine doing that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's dreadful, but I get it done. It's <laughs> amazing. Well now, like at least, you know, your peers are probably all like freaking out right now looking for jobs and yes everyone that that's where everyone is right now they're like I don't know what I want like of course all the accounting people have their jobs because they found out like a year in advance but like all the other marketing and business students just are applying to a ton of different places and they're like where are you applying and I'm like nowhere <laughs> like, I already have a successful business. they're probably all gonna try to apply with you they're gonna <laughs> That is amazing. I did not realize. Congratulations on two months left. Wow. So 
Oh my gosh. I can't even wrap my mind around that. I do agree. I mean, I think time management is so huge and I think that's really important. Like obviously you have the ability to like get stuff done and it's time management, but also, um, I feel like it's also, um, like self-discipline because you know that you need to get this stuff done and you're going to make sure it happens. Well, that's the thing too. It's like, it's really kind of helped me to, um, realize when to say no. So whether it's turning down plans with friends, so I can make sure I get, um, fit kind of complete a deadline with a client project that I have. And also on the opposite end saying no to potential client because I won't be able to serve them in the best way possible because I'm too busy. And so that's one thing that's also been really hard too, is because I often want to say yes to every single project that comes my way, but I'm like, I can't really support my clients in the best way if I'm just accepting anything. So really being able to one, have good time management, but two, um, kind of have a grasp on what you really can and can't do has been really beneficial. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's really important too, because yeah, nobody wants you to like take them on as a client and then not have time to, to give them the results that they expect or something. So it's really kind of smart to be able to like look ahead and see if it's going to make sense for you or if it's better to just say you can't take it on right now, which can be really hard. I know as a business owner. <laughs> to, like, yes. Down <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask you also, you said um, that you put together analytics every week and I just imagine people wanting to know more about that. Cause I think a lot of people spend a lot of time on their social media, you know, even if it's just their own personal accounts and kind of have no real idea, like what's happening with it. Like they don't necessarily look into the analytics or the numbers or track anything in a, in, you know, in a really trackable way. And, you know, maybe you can tell you're getting sales from like the link in your, in your account on your page or something, but like there's obviously more to it that you're providing for your clients. Is there anything else there, like in terms of what kind of analytics you provide or what you think is important, the most important things for people to be keeping an eye on to see like what's happening with their accounts and if they're spending their time like in a way that's, that's benefiting them as much as it can. Yeah, definitely. Um, so with Instagram, what I actually do when I first start working with a client is I look through all of their analytics before they start. So I'll go to the insights tabs on the account and just kind of take a look at their demographics of their followers, um, the best days and times to post. And then I'll take a look at um, kind of their average like impressions, reach, um, definitely keep track of how many followers they have on that time before we start working together. And just those numbers like that. And then one thing that I do week per week is I have this spreadsheet template that I use and for each week, I go through all of the posts that we posted that week and just kind of um, write a brief summary of what the post was to so just kind of talk about the post itself in terms of content and topic. Um, I'll track the number of likes it had, comments, uh, reach, impressions, um, also shares because you can, of course, share posts. And then if you save the post, and then even the other numbers such as like, perhaps profile visits from that post or follows or email clicks or website clicks or anything like that. Um, I keep track of all of that in a spreadsheet. So it's actually a, a pretty detailed spreadsheet, but it's something that I recommend everyone do as long as they have the time because analytics are so important for not only seeing like the results, but also knowing like what types of content your audience likes to see. Because with analytics, you're really able to see what types of posts perform the best so that we can kind of imitate them and figure out any underlying trends. 
And then on the opposite end of the posts that are really not performing so well at all, so that way you don't keep writing posts like that, whether it's um, perhaps a, a certain topic that you're writing about that no one really resonates with, or maybe you're using stock photos and you notice that that's the common trend of why your photos are doing so bad because you're not using real photos, things like that. But just kind of tracking your analytics over time, whether it's weekly, biweekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever you choose to do, you can just really kind of make sure that the, all of the time and effort that you're putting into your marketing efforts is actually paying off in some way. You're not just writing all this content and wasting time and figuring out that it's not actually resonating with your target market and giving you the results that you were hoping it to. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so good. I think that's like really important to keep in mind. And I, I, again, I just feel like people post for like weeks at a time without ever really like going back to pay attention to that stuff. Um, that template sounds like such a good idea to just keep track and being able to see which types of posts are doing the best, which ones people don't really care about as much and being able to see if you see trends there and seeing what, um, yeah, like what types of things are doing better and which types of things are doing worse over time sounds really valuable. Yeah, exactly. And for, especially for any kind of business owner to take advantage of doing something like this, because as we all know, social media changes so quickly. And so a marketing plan that you create perhaps January 1st, 2019 may not even be relevant anymore at uh, April 1st, 2019. Yeah. And so really kind of keeping tabs on the content that you're producing, not only on social media, but anywhere um, to just make sure kind of understand how it's performing and things like that can really make sure that you're able to tweak your strategy as necessary because kind of, as I just mentioned, you don't want to be putting all this time, effort and money into pursuing an outlet that just isn't doing anything for you or is no longer relevant. So to say, yeah, that's such a, such a good point. So we should all start that. Let's all, let's all create a sheet of that stuff this week and try to keep track of which posts are performing in which ways. I like that. Yeah. So, um, I think we should, we should close out. So I want to ask you these few things that I always ask everybody. And one is what is one thing that you wish you had known more, more about when you first began your business, whether that's business wise or, you know, whatever it is, personal life, what's one thing that you wish you had known more about? So I would say, um, definitely realizing that it's okay to show who you are as a person through your business, um, and just building relationships. I didn't realize when I first started out just how important it was to build relationships, but one role that I really felt like I've tried to step into the past probably year and a half is just sharing more about who I am as a person. So talking a lot about my personal life, um, the types of work that I do, um, the things that I struggled with, things like that. I felt like I really tried to share my story as much as possible just so people got to know me. And it really helped to not only um, get a lot of clients, but a lot of friends from it. And so I'm thankful that the business that I've had, I've built a lot of friendships that I'm really thankful for. And it's just really kind of really helped me realize that when you allow people to get to know you, they like you and trust you. And people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And so now because of all the effort that I've done and just kind of showing up, as I say, online, um, I've gotten so many referrals of it. And I think referrals are the best compliment, especially when referrals come from people that you've never even worked with before. And I think it's just really awesome to kind of get an email in your inbox saying, oh, like so-and-so told me to reach out to you for marketing. And I'm like, well, I've never even worked with so-and-so before. And I think it's just like the ultimate form of flattery. And so just really kind of being true to who you are and not kind of like shying away 
is something that is really important and can honestly help to take your business to the next level. Yeah, I think that's so true. I love that. Um, yeah, people feel like they have to be really professional. Sometimes they think like, oh, I have to act really professional or show like a really professional face to my company. But um, people want to know you. People want to see you as a person too and, and feel the personality that you bring to the business. So that's a really good point. Yeah, um, definitely. And then the last question is, is there one thing that you would like to share with other entrepreneurs as they start or go along their journey? Like what's one thing that you know that you'd want to share with other people? I would say definitely have a solid project management tool. So even if you're just yourself right now, having some sort of system to keep track of your operations is key because when you start to onboard other team members, um, you'll quickly realize that the system that you thought was okay is really bad. <laughs> so that was one thing that I kind of faced myself is that I used a platform the longest for the longest time just because it worked well for me. But then once I brought three other team members onto it, I'm like, wow, this actually absolutely sucks. <laughs> so I had to really change the way it was uh, formatted and actually switch platforms all together. So I think just like really being absolutely organized, which is, I feel like is actually really general, but just being absolutely organized in everything that you do will make it a million times easier for when it comes to that time for you to pass work on and delegate tasks out to someone else. That's such good advice. I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, so where can, or is there anything else that you want, anything else just besides that, that you'd want to share anything else you want to say before we kind of close off here? I would say just if you're thinking about going, kind of taking a big leap in your business, just do it because the things that kind of pay off the most are always the things that scare you the most. So if you're thinking about making some type of big shift in your business or a big change, don't be afraid and kind of prevent yourself from doing so just because you're not sure how it'll work out because I always say that those little nudges that you keep getting time after time are come for a reason and definitely follow that even no matter how scary it may seem to you. Oh, you're so wise. <laughs> wise beyond your years. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. I loved this and I, we should definitely keep in touch. I feel like we should, we should like talk more and hang out more since we are kind of nearby each other. <laughs> yes, each other. So, absolutely. Um, where can people find you if they have other questions about social media, if they want to hire you, if they want to just connect, because we're all about just kind of forming connections here and all being part of, you know, the female millennial entrepreneurs tribe of women. So where can they find you for any of that stuff? Yes. So my website is dash of social.com. And then you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at dash of social. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for talking today. Yeah, thank you for having me.